Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Lystico of the Des Moines Register with the audio-only version of a week three podcast, uh, along with Tyler Tashman, also of the Des Moines Register. Tyler, uh, Hawkeyes win against Western Michigan 41-10. to I don't know if we would have envisioned that score maybe uh, during our lightning delay today. But uh, all in all, uh, you, have to, you would have to say after a, a slow start, the Hawkeyes uh, – really dominated in the second half yeah it was a dicey beginning and I think it felt like well it was really the first time Iowa had trailed at all this season and it felt like maybe a kind of early indication of what Iowa is made of that that they're down against a team they should be beating and um, it just felt like just the circumstances were weird like Iowa gets beat on an explosive play defensively then uh, we go into the lightning delay even though there wasn't really any lightning that close um and but no but I thought I thought Iowa's response was really good they basically after that start uh the defense tightened things up and I thought the offense uh Cade McNamara didn't play well but I thought the offense looked really good and kind of my biggest takeaway from the game was Iowa's run blocking that uh basically against Western Michigan they should that they should dominate in the run game uh the first two weeks especially against Utah State against a team they should have dominated running the ball. They didn't. I thought the most encouraging sign uh, on Saturday was just the way that they moved the the offensive line and gave uh, holes for LaShawn Williams and, and Kamari Molden and more. Yeah, it was a uh... – it really was a strange game. I mean, you weren't here for the Nevada game last no. year, but so it wasn't that level of delay. But just the strangeness that Caleb Johnson, before kickoff, is out with what a what I believe to be a high ankle sprain. So I'm not really optimistic that he's going to be back. Uh, Kirk did did not specify the timetable, but he kind of said week to week. So I would I would kind of rule him out. And then of course uh, the horrible horrible news with Luke Lachey going down. Man, it just looked all too familiar to me that, uh, you know, you guys all know I broke my right ankle and leg in January, and man, that was the worst pain of my life. And I just, I really hope that it's not broken, but it sure did, it did look like it was pretty bad. Let's hope it's, I don't know, high ankle sprain is probably the absolute best we could hope for, uh, for Luke Lachey, but, but a terrible thing. So now you're down to like backups. You're down 7 nothing. You're down to backups trying to come back. Not that that's a, you know, and this offense is challenged enough as it is. And and Drew Stevens misses a field goal That's as well. Right. So yeah. yeah. Everything's going yeah. wrong. I mean, it couldn't have been the it was like the worst first quarter you yeah, could possibly have. Much. I mean, between those injuries, uh yeah, 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 missed field goal, all that. But it, but they kind of awaken and I feel like it was the Cooper D. Jean punt return. He kind of made something out of nothing. I mean, there was something there. But he he took it at what, the six yard line, something like that? And just kind of meandered and bounced and juked his way for uh, all the way up to about the 35. And then they finally got going. The offense got going. They got into the end zone, tied it up at seven. Then they, then they let another uh, a quick scoring drive yeah. right away. So they're down 10-7 <laughs> in gear. And they're like, what the heck is going on, <laughs> Phil Parker? But Jay Higgins said Phil Parker was calm. Anyway, finally, Iowa gets it together. Yeah, and no, I think also that it, it was a good – 
indication of um, after that, after Cooper's return, when Iowa was down seven nothing early in the, talking about early in the second quarter that. LaShawn breaks off that uh, 50-plus yard run. And he kind of said after the game, someone asked him about it, and he, and he was like, that's the O-line. Like, I can't yeah. take credit for that. And I thought that was kind of emblematic of how the day went because really the circumstances, besides the fact that they were playing Western Michigan, didn't set up for it to be a great day on the ground because, like you said, Caleb Johnson is out. Jazz Patterson played. He barely but played. He played, but he was dealing with an injury, uh, mm-hmm. Kirk Ferentz said. Um, and then on top of that, Cade McNamara wasn't playing great. So it, like all those factors kind of made – would point to the fact that Iowa would not have a good day on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet it was 254 yards on the ground. Uh, and that's not counting 41 yards right. of McNamara sacks. So yeah. 295, But really. it was really just a dominant performance. And it was one of those days where it's just like you feel like you can just hand the ball off and, and you're good to go. And, and because – of the offensive line struggles, especially last season. That was a big question coming into this season. Um, and because of the way that Iowa wants to play football, that that's their DNA, running mm. power football, being able to run it down the throat of the defense. And you can't do that without a good offensive line. And not to say that this game is going to cure everything and right. everything is perfect, but it was tangible evidence of the offensive line basically doing whatever it wanted. And – uh, there was some kind of struggles in the pass blocking. I thought that that was good in the first two weeks. It kind of flip flopped, but I thought the run blocking that was kind of the clear big takeaway from today. Yeah, definitely. And Kirk Ferentz again, he back at Big Ten Media Days, Tyler, our first assignment together. Um, you know, he was pointing to that offensive line that was going to be improved, and I think that's where he was. Uh, his post game comments kind of went to today, tonight is you know. You know, at least this year, he he's saying we have potential on the offensive line. I see, I see the potential, and now you're kind of, you know, you know you can do it now. And I feel like that that was huge for this team. And I wrote my post game column, which will be up Sunday morning, on just the importance of punching in that last touchdown uh, to get to that 41 points. Uh, you know, everyone's going to joke about the Brian Ferentz contract, but I, this offense needed a night to feel good about itself. Cade McNamara's first pass was intercepted. Brian Ferentz throws his headset when Cade's intercepted at the end of the first half, and it's only 14-10 at the break. And, uh, you know, so that it still wasn't going great. But they that's why they I feel like they just needed a half like that, the second half, where the offense was, you know, they scored 27 points in the last 22 and a half minutes. And, uh, you know, that was that's what you should do. And the defense allowed one first down in the second half. So, and then not to mention the special teams was probably the best unit of all today with Tory Taylor, Cooper DeGene, Caden Weechin, uh, and probably leaving something. Oh, and our your guy, Ontario yeah. Thompson. So, yeah. uh, you know, with the block, almost two blocks. So, uh, I mean, really, you know, fans wanted that feel good win. I know it started horribly, but uh, it, all in all, you got the feel good win. Except for the injuries. Sorry. Yeah. And as much as the offensive line I thought was good, like equally or, you know, as impressive was the, the, the depth of running backs. I think it might be even better than we thought. Because yeah. uh, LaShawn, LaShawn Williams, first two weeks really didn't do anything. But he looked really good uh, against Western Michigan. He looked elusive. He was hitting the holes hard. Uh, and then Kamari Moulton, a freshman, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, first two touchdowns in his college career. He looked really good. Max White scores 
Um, and so this is all without Caleb Johnson, with a limited Jazz Patterson. Yeah, Patterson, six carries, 20 yards. And, I mean, it just, yeah, it feels like the, the running back room is loaded and possibly not even for this season, but like down the road even more so. Um, I'm, I'm thinking on defensive side, Nick Jackson was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was put in some difficult situations in that Utah State game. It feels like each week has kind of been incremental success. Him and Jay Higgins have been really good in the middle of the defense. I think, I mean, as as much as Iowa loses two really important guys in Seth Benson and Jack Campbell, Jay Higgins has done a really good job yeah. of just like he's it seemed almost seamless and Nick Jackson feels like he's starting uh to gain some some speed. Uh no yeah, I think the I'm trying to think if there's anybody else on defense that uh I mean we'll, get to, stood we'll out. probably get to Jamari Harris at some point, but uh yeah, yeah just uh, well D line. Let me give give them a little yeah, Joe props. Evans, Joe yeah. Evans, yeah. You know, even Lou Ellen had a nice play Jeremiah there. Pittman had the uh fumble yeah. recovery. Yeah. Right. I uh, uh, just want to read off some of the rushing stats because since Tyler um, mentioned that and that was the story of the game. LeSean Williams, 12 carries, 145 yards, no losses. That guy runs forward. He's mm-hmm. uh, It's crazy. He had one carry for three yards last week. Yeah, I know. Names. <laughs> 12 for 145, and he had the two catches for 27 and a touchdown on the screen pass that gave Iowa. Which is basically a run. I mean, yeah, it, it was right. a pass, but, yeah. like, he did most of the work. Exactly. Um uh, Kamari Moulton, eight carries, 50 yards. Terrell Washington Jr., another true freshman. These, these, this is the first action of both these guys' careers. Uh, he had six carries for 31. And then uh, Seth Anderson did have a 30-yard uh, run on a reverse later. Caleb Brown gets his first touches as a mm-hmm. Hawkeye, two carries, eight yards. And then, uh, as I mentioned, Patterson, six for 20. Max White, three for three. Um, and then, uh, yeah, McNamara with minus 33. He actually scrambled for mm-hmm. eight yards on mm-hmm. one. So, um Anyway, McNamara, 9 of 19 for 103 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Let's talk about him for a sec because we both agree he did not have a good game. Um, you know, he gets he does get the two touchdown passes, so that helps. But he held on to the ball either too long. He took too many sacks. He, one of the out patterns, he just missed really bad. It wasn't even close. I don't know what was going on there. And uh, Ferentz kind of – I don't want to say made excuses for it, but he basically expressed confidence that it's going to be okay. This was not a, you know, maybe he's like too amped up, something like that. I mean, he was just sort of, I don't know, what re, kind of recap what Ferentz said to us and just Yeah, well, I think the the first interception, that, I mean, it wasn't a great throw, but that was a great play by yeah. Western Michigan uh, to, to bring that in. The second interception is one of those that in a tight game could come back to bite you because it was late in the se- yeah. in the second quarter going into halftime. Iowa was in field goal range. He throws it, and it gets uh, intercepted, and Iowa can't even have a chance at a field goal. So in a, you look at a Penn State game, some a Big Ten game, that, that little detail kind of needs to be ironed out, it yeah. feels like. Overall, yeah, I mean – it. It wasn't the best, you know. It wasn't a great day for him. I I still agree with Kirk Ferentz that just all that Cade McNamara has kind of had to go through over the last year. Uh, he's only played like barely two games uh, last season. Had the knee surgery. Then he's just starting to kind of get his footing back. Has the the hiccup at Kids Day at Kinnick. It just feels like he's. I'm, I I wouldn't I wouldn't press the panic button yet. I mean I think. There's stuff to be desired, but like if 
I feel like it, he still needs time to kind of continue to get back. And um, and we talked about this on, I think it was last Tuesday, of basically just understanding the human side of it, that there's the mental hurdles yeah. to get back, and there kind of is a transition. So I think still giving him time, and I think next week is kind of when you hope things start to click. But I think I'm not too concerned yet. And the other thing is that if, if Iowa can run the ball like this, he doesn't need to be a superhero. Like he right. he can – I think you would want him to play better than he did on Saturday, but to me it was pretty telling of that how good Iowa's run game was that Cade McNamara could play this poorly and Iowa still wins 41-10. to 10. Like I thought that was, if anything, a more encouraging sign that they were still able to win so handily with Cade McNamara playing poorly. So like I said, I'm not, I'm not – I don't think it's time or even close to push the panic button. I think giving him more reps and kind of – Letting him get into the flow of the offense more, working with all the new pieces, I think is important. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> uh, we talked about wide receivers only having four catches in each of the first two games. He only had four today also, so very consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and three of them were on uh, little short screens. Deontay Vines, two catches. Well, no, uh, one was a touchdown of Vines. Um, one was a screen. Anyway, Vines, two catches, seven yards. Seth Anderson, one catch, 13 yards. Nico Regaini, one catch, four yards. Um but but let's talk about the tight end now because we're definitely going to not be seeing Luke Lachey for quite some time. Um, you know, my fear is for the season potentially. Now, um, you know, knowing <laughs> uh, knowing my own recovery and that he's much younger than me, maybe he could come back in like two months. Be kind of my best, like a best case scenario, which you know doesn't help too much. But who knows? You know, I don't know. Maybe a Big Ten championship game, you know, type of thing. I don't know, something like that. But in the meantime, they do have the tight ends that can make it work, I feel like. It's, you're not going to have Lachey, who's, who I would put – I would rank him as Iowa's second-best player overall behind Cooper DeGene if I had to. So that's a huge loss, a major loss, obviously. But they're as deep as pot they could possibly be there. They were still running a 14 personnel package without Lachey at one point in the game. And then, I mean, that's so they have Steve Stilianos, who ends up being the leading receiver today with uh, two catches. Uh, Addison Ostranga also had a couple catches today. And then Eric Hall had one catch for 34 yards and the two point conversion. So, you know, these guys are, they've got, a, they've got the bodies, at least, of that position. Um, to weather the Lachey storm, it's 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 not the greatest injury, but it's one you can maybe maybe live. You, you know, you're, it's not a huge drop off. I don't know. I'm rambling now. But. Yeah, no, I think because coming into the season, we said probably offensively two of the maybe best and deepest rooms were running back and tight ends, and um, Eric all having a guy that's a, bringing him in from Michigan and, and having him that's uh, experienced but also capable. Um, and then having, you know, Steven Stilianos and, and Addison Estranga, that both of them are guys that we've heard highly of, even though they've maybe been um, in the shadows a little bit. But uh, we've seen how much Cade Mac- McNamara likes to throw to the tight ends. <laughs> it's pretty clear that he, I guess, finds comfort in that or whatever it is. But I think, I mean, those guys are two capable guys that just probably haven't gotten time because – of how good the guys in front of them are. Um, so I think, yeah, obviously you don't want to see Luke Lachey go down, and, and he was probably Iowa's best pass catcher through the first three yeah, games and sure. definitely kind of a security blanket for Cade McNamara. But 
at the same time, I think the guys behind him are capable of stepping up. Let's get to some three-word headlines. We'll probably uh, meander our way through to some other topics as well before we go. Uh, Hawkerella, get well, Luke. Uh, Cody Hills, stay strong, Luke. Um, certainly some a lot of sentiment for Luke Lachey, one of the most likable guys out there. Uh, Andrew Hauptman, pound the rock. Uh, Hawkeyes do get back to uh, – that bully ball mm-hmm. type of type of mentality. I agree. You're, we're thinking about next week's game at Penn State, which of course we'll be at. But yeah, if, if you can chip away on the ground mm-hmm. against any lines at all. I mean, LeSean Williams looked good. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Jazz. It didn't sound like Jazz Patterson's was going to be too long it of a deal. Like a retweak, is yeah. what Kirk Ferentz said. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what was the retweak. I mean, I think you go in with LeSean as your number one now mm-hmm. uh, for that game, but he looked good I and mean, he can. He can handle it. Mackay Sargent had a good game out there five years ago um, in Happy Valley. So, um, I don't know. That's talking about Penn State now, I guess, already. But um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Chad uh, Utenbegard scored over 40. That was something we talked about. Uh, hadn't scored more than 40 points in nearly two years. Um, how about this one from Selau88? Big play prone, I guess. We're talking about the defense here. Let's let's at least put a little spotlight on the mm-hmm. defense. Phil Parker says, you know, if you give up two big plays or less, you average 13 points per game allowed. If you give up three plus, you average 28 points per game allowed in their math. Um, they gave up three big plays today in the first half. That was it was not pretty. And almost gave up another touchdown, if not for ineligible receivers. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they got bailed out there. Yeah. thought. I mean, that was just so uncharacteristic. Yeah, with the I guess the 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 first touchdown, uh, it looked like I don't know if it was all on Jamar Harris, all on Xavier Wampa, maybe a combination of both. But yeah. they got behind. It, it looked like Xavier Wampa didn't take the best route to it. It seemed like the experts seemed to think it was more on the safety. Okay, but I don't know. We don't know for sure. Um, nobody, nobody spoke to that, right? But no, I'm curious just to see because look, this was Jamari Harris's first game back since mm-hmm. the bowl game two seasons ago, and I thought because the one that got called back as well was, uh, you know, he got beat. So I'm, I, I on one hand he's he's coming back. It's it's been a long time since he's played in game action. Definitely understand that. Um, you know, it it takes a while to kind of get back into uh, playing in a game. But at the same time, I'm wondering. Do you put Deshaun Lee back there? Because he, in the first two games of the season, he played really well and, to me, made at least a case to to have that other position on the uh, other side of of Cooper DeGene. I, I, I'm curious to see kind of how Iowa handles that moving forward. I think if there was a game for Jamari Harris to come back and kind of make mistakes, this was a good game to do so. But against Penn State moving forward Big Ten play the margin for error is probably going to go a lot thinner um I don't really think we saw much Deshaun Lee out with the ones if at all no just so, a little dime yeah yeah so I'm I'm curious to see how Iowa hands that handles that moving forward and obviously at an environment like Penn State you might want to lean on a more veteran guy even though he's still coming back but Again, I think it's a good problem. They'll to stick ha- with Harris. It's a good problem yeah. to have, but yeah. um, I think something just to kind of monitor. Yeah, uh, some Bri- many Brian headlines. Uh, Sean Welsh says Brian's plus ten. So yeah, the total point tally for the year now eighty five. So up to twenty eight point three per game. 
up from 22 last week. And then uh, Jens Hansen, Brian raises average. Uh, Austin Rickardson, points, points, points. <laughs> and then as, as Big Log 21-14 pointed out, Syracuse scored more. Yeah, they had 48 <laughs> last week against uh, the same Never satisfied. squad. <laughs> yeah, nobody's ever satisfied. Um, here, here's a couple for you. I want to get your reaction to these. Uh, number one, Radio Hawkeye says, finally felt fun. And one other one that I, uh, John Hubner asked, maybe we can finish on this one. Are we good? He's asking. I don't know. I don't I know think, if I was good. I think we're about to find out next week. Yeah. I think we're. I think next week. I think the first three weeks have given reason to be optimism, but also enough concern to kind of be hesitant. And, and there's clear development needed for Iowa to get where it wants to be. I think it just depends on whether they regress, how much they progress. But I think against Penn State, tough atmosphere, a game that is very. I guess this is highly anticipated. We're going to find out whether I was the real deal or not. That's for sure. Uh, Dan Walter says, uh, coming a lot, which is a reference to uh, Cade McNamara's press conference earlier in the week. And um, That was pretty yeah, good keeping a straight face. That was pretty good. <laughs> good headline, Dan. Uh, uh, I don't know if Cade would have kept a straight face on that one. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, what do you think happens next week? I, I I go into this week with so much mystery. We we should point out Iowa is the only Big Ten West team now three and zero after the Gophers lose to uh, your hometown Tar Heels. Yeah. There, Tyler, uh, I'm gonna have to vote Tar Heels in the top twenty five again. But I'll definitely I have Iowa in the top twenty five in my ballot last week. I definitely keep them there after a really solid win. Uh, I don't have the who wrote it in, that, in front of me, but I was scrolling in the press game, post game press conference. So we'll finish on this three-word headline. Great teams cover. <laughs> Iowa gets to the gets past the twenty-eight and a half somehow. I have no idea how they did it. <laughs> they were favored by twenty-eight, and they covered. But anyway, what do you think happens? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it all week. But I mean, does Iowa get blown out? Are they competitive? Uh, is it a defensive struggle? Is Iowa in find itself in a shootout? What do you think happens? I think. Iowa at least has a chance. They, they, I think the defense is going to give them a chance. I think what we've seen the first three weeks, I would be surprised if it was a blowout. I think Iowa will at least go in and compete and give themselves a chance to win. I think the offense is going to have to be a little bit more cohesive. We've kind of seen pieces of Cade McNamara and good pass protection but not good run blocking, good run blocking but not good pass protection. I think the offense is going to have to kind of start – putting the puzzle pieces together, and the defense is going to have to eliminate some of those slip-ups that we've seen with the explosive plays. But I think at the minimum, they've shown enough to make me believe that they're going to go in and at least put up a fight. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think this defense will be well-prepared. This is a, a program that Iowa has tons of film on. <laughs> you know, no more can't-figure-out-what's-coming type of thing. Um, oh, man, I almost slipped into Cade mode there. Um, the... Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, they're going to go out and compete. It's just going to be such a crazy environment. And when Cade McNamara went there uh, two years ago and won, it was during the daytime. I mean, he, he did have a long TD pass to, to Eric Hall in that game. So you go back with a quarterback at least that's won there, which is really saying something. Iowa's won the last two against Penn State, so you would think there's some program confidence there uh, in that regard. But uh, I guess we'll have more fun talking about it. Uh, this week any other little tidbits you want to bring up i know we got to go because they want to shut the lights off on us here so uh no i just think that the penn state game and we'll get into this more later i'm sure but 
uh, it feels like there's not much for Iowa to lose. Penn State, yeah, the, the pressure's right. on Penn State. If, yeah. if Iowa goes in there and loses, I don't think too many people would be unsurprised. But yeah, so uh, so okay. Last thing I thought of, you're writing a little piece on Interior Thompson. Now you're writing about some other guys too, but the last time Iowa went to Penn State. Big man, block, punt, touchdown. Adrian, not last time, but the 2009 game, which which Ferentz referenced it. Last time they won at Penn State, I should say, uh, with fans. Um, block, punt, touchdown. So special teams, man, special yeah. teams. All right, uh, thanks, Hawkeye fans, uh, for all your awesome three-word headline submissions. Thanks for listening to us. This is Chad Lights, go Tyler Tashman from Kinnick Stadium uh, saying so long, and we will talk to you on Tuesday afternoon. Take care. Bye. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.